Hello, everyone. Welcome to another edition of the iOS Lead Essentials podcast. I'm Mike. And I'm Kayo. And this week, we're going to try our best to give you some insights on test projects during interview processes. Yes. And disclaimer, the ideas we're going to be talking about today is for people going the extra mile. But they want to achieve a remarkable career. So if you're happy with average, just keep doing what everyone is doing. If you're looking for more, this advice might help you find fantastic job opportunities and fantastic teams to be part of. Exactly. Again, this is for the folks out there that want the next level. First question, what should my goal be during the coding challenge stage of an iOS interview? Right. And this seems to be confusing many people because we usually see developers just wanting to showcase their skills, how good of programmers they are. But that's not the case. That's just, let's say, one part of the process. Yes, you want to demonstrate your programming skills. At the same time, though, you need to demonstrate your communication skills. You need to be able to understand what the team is trying to convey and vice versa. Like You need to be able to communicate with them. So that's a whole different proposition because you just shifted from what you think is correct to what the collective thinks is correct, right? Exactly. I even recommend people during interviews to ask them what is their biggest challenge. Before you do the code interview, if you have any communication with them, just ask, what is your biggest challenge right now regarding the code bases? If they say we're having problem testing some parts of the code base, or we're having problem deploying the application into another platform, you already know what to focus and show your skills to solve the specific problem they have. That is and so this is important. All part of communication. Exactly. It's so important because it's going to bring everyone on the same page. Yes. We've, we've been talking extensively in this podcast. You don't want any assumptions. Everyone should be on the same page. So you just don't have confusion, which is going to lead into bad stuff. Bugs, regressions, time consumed into non-productive processes or requirements. It doesn't matter. Like You don't want any assumptions. You don't want confusion in your team. So what yes. you're saying? So important. Just ask questions. Like try to understand what is their challenge. This is not just a job. Like this is you. Sh you should not approach it as okay. I just want a job. Whatever, sixty, eighty, hundred, thirty, whatever k a year. That's not the case. Like you need to be able to provide value to the team, provide value to the business. Then and only then you're going to be able to continuously reach the next level and then the next level and then the next level and have the remarkable career we're talking about here. Exactly. You need to understand the challenges of the business you're going in. You need to understand what they need. And if it matches your skills, if it matches exactly how you want to work, the challenges you want to work in, then it's a perfect match. So it's a filter for both sides. Yes. Because for this to be productive, both sides need to be aligned with what the goal is. If you want a senior position, but you apply to a mid or a junior position, you're not going to get what you want. And the business is also not going to get what they want. Yes. You need to understand that. So both sides need to understand and communicate what they need, what the goal is. So it's productive, as you said, to everyone. That's the essence of collaboration. We're shifting from a transactional model where you go there, you provide your skill set for eight hours or so, it doesn't matter, and then you go home and you repeat every day. We're talking about making a collaboration here. We're talking about having aligned incentives, everyone wanting the same thing and going after it relentlessly, thinking about the short term and the long term. Not just now, not like the, the repetitive thing, you know, every day, just wake up, go there, come back. No, that's, that's not it, right? Uh, There's nothing wrong with it. Absolutely not, right? Yes. If you want something more, you need a different strategy. Yes. 
just being there is not enough. We need to be solving problems and finding common goals with businesses, with teams. Communication is key. The worst problem is when the developer creates a coding solution for the test because he thinks the business wants this. So he's assuming or guessing, or he has no idea what the business wants. And the business also has no idea what he's going to get because he didn't communicate properly the goals. So both sides are not productive. No one knows what to expect. And everyone is going to waste their times. Yes. It's looking for a needle in a haystack. Yes, that's it. Exactly. There is risk involved in both parties, the business and the candidate. And, well, you want to minimize that risk in both cases. So you want uh, to establish filters, both as the interviewer, but uh, as the candidate as well. Yes, because time is the most valuable asset we have. Exactly. We don't want to waste our time. <laughs> yes, that's it. So communication, number one. That's your goal. Understand what they want. If that's what you want to work in, then you do a good job in your test challenge. And then everyone knows what you look at, what they're looking for. That's it. Yes. Communication is your goal. Clear communication. And as soon as you communicate, then you have aligned goals and you do your best in the coding challenge. Always do your best. And you can only do it if you know what you have to do. Yes. That's it. Second question, what if I don't have time to implement a good test project? I don't have time. I have another job or I have a lot of responsibilities in my life. I don't have time. What should I do? <laughs> so we can, we can use our, our disclaimer here and say, you know, like this is not acceptable. If, if you're after the, the high level opportunities out there and the high level careers, like this is not acceptable. Like, not finding time for that like for what are you going to find time like this is it like this is what you should be after so that's, that's the not... key element like finding a good company to work in should be your priority yes if you want to find a good job your priority is finding a good job is finding time to find a good job that's it find a good company a good team with shared values i like how you mentioned that finding time uh to find time for yes. a good company. Yeah. Otherwise, you're going to end up in a company that you probably don't like. You're going to be dealing with challenges you don't want to be dealing with. Yes, exactly. Exactly. You need to filter. Not, right? Yeah, exactly. So if you don't have time, you find time. That's it. No, you don't understand. I don't have time. I'm, I'm sure we don't. <laughs> No one has time. Everyone has 24 hours a day. Yes. So what you're saying is not that you don't have time. What you're saying is that finding a good job or dedicating time to find a good job is not your priority. And that's okay. Just be true to what the problem is. Yes. This is not a priority in my life. That's fine. Stay where you're working or unemployed. I don't know. If it's not a priority, now, if you want a good career, make it a priority. If you make it a priority, you're going to find time. That's a good thing about priorities. They're mutable, you know? You can change them any given time. So right now, yeah. it, it might not work for you. That's fine. Maybe in the future, you want to change. When you want that change, that's what you need to do. Like, that's priority one. Focus, find the time, pour it in. That's it? Yeah. Make it a priority. So this is if you don't have time, then you have to find time. Now, what if the company didn't give you enough time to implement a good test project? They send you the test project and say, we want it back today. And you don't have time. Right. So now it's out of your control. But for me, that's a red flag. If in the interview process, they are already pressuring you with time, what do you expect is going to happen? If you get the job. <laughs> yes, it's a signal. That's how they operate. So that's their filter. They want to be working with people that is comfortable 
with the time pressure. Yes. If you are not, if you don't want to be part of this, that's your filter. Say, thank you for your time, but with this time constraint, I cannot operate. Exactly. That's it. They're going to find a candidate that likes that time pressure. Now, if you like that time pressure, go the extra mile. Work until 3 in the morning and do it. If you want to work there, if you find that's the perfect company for me, that's how I want it to work. That's a nice challenge. You do it. You don't have time. Stay up until 5 in the morning, finish the test, send it, that's it. But be true to what you want and what you're looking for. And find the time or yes. say, thank you for your time, but that's not for me. That's fine. Don't be surprised if you get hired and then you have tight deadlines <laughs> or high pressure, you're working in a high pressure environment. You know, these usually. That's fine. You feel like yes, that? Like that? Exactly. Go for if it. You like, absolutely. Absolutely. Now, next question Should my solution to an iOS interview challenge be super performant? Well, depends, right? If they ask it to be, yes, it should. Otherwise, it's up to you. What kind of skills do you want to show to them? Let's say you research the company and they operate with real-time data and performance-sensitive APIs. Maybe you should care a little bit more about performance, but communicate that to them. Again, communication. Yes. You're going to send your solution, but you're going to communicate and say that. I went the extra mile here to make this code more performant. It's a little bit more complex, but I understand that in the market you operate in, this is mandatory to you. Yes. Otherwise, I would go with solution B, and you describe solution B. So you show that I went with the performance sensitive one because I think it's going to be beneficial to you because I researched your company and I know that you're looking for it. But if that's not what you want, I also have solution B that is simpler, less performant, but it works. So this is a prime example of integrity and economics here, what you're describing, where you are thinking as the sum. You're, not, you're putting aside your own skills, your own beliefs, right? And then you're providing value to what you think is going to be more beneficial to the team and the business. And this is what is required. Many times, these solutions are going to be discarded. That is fine. You need, to know, you need to know that. You need to know that this is fine. Because otherwise, if you're going to get upset every time a proposed solution is going to be rejected because of XYZ, then you're not going to reach very far. So you need to be fine. You need, you need to accept that. That's it. So you need to understand what the company is looking for. You need to understand what they care about. If you had an interview with them, you should pick this up. You should ask them. Yes. If they say, well, our biggest bottleneck right now is performance, you already know that's what they care about. So in your solution, you implement something that is performant. But you communicate that intent and why you did it. Right? So you do a little bit of research of the company. You need to research what they do. Of course. That's, that's number one. Then you have a conversation with them. You get more information. Listen. Yes. Always listen. Just keep asking questions in the interview. Why not? Let them say what they would need. Yes. The more information you have, the better you can choose. You can decide on how to provide value. That's, that's, that is all. Like, that, that's it. Yes. And what you're saying about the questions and about information, that is required for all the spectrum of levels. It's not just about senior developers. It's about junior developers as well. This shows that you care. Caring, for me, I think for us, uh, it's safe to say, is probably the best trait to have as a software developer. It's the number Empathy. one. Exactly. It's the number one attitude trait yeah. that, you, that you need to have, right? So 
yeah, perhaps your programming skills are not evolved yet. That's absolutely fine. They require, it requires some time for them to evolve into something great. But that doesn't mean you don't need to care. You don't need, like, you can ask questions, you can research stuff, you can have more information and somehow try to provide value. That's what it takes. Yeah, let's say the company asks you that this code should be super performant. And you're not very comfortable creating performant code. What can you do? If you really want to work there, you go the extra mile of research and you do your best. But when you send a project, you say, hey, I'm not very familiar creating very performance code. That's not my area of expertise, but this is something I deeply care about. And I want to be part of a team that cares about it and that can teach me. I'm open to it and I want to learn as much as I can. And I'm going to go the extra mile to take any course, anything needed to improve my skills, to make my code more performant. So you don't need to lie or copy code from Stack Overflow. Just be yourself. Just say the truth. And if it's a team that cares about that, that is looking for people with this mindset, that's it. You got the job. Yeah. Yeah. You got the job. Exactly. But it needs to come from your heart. It needs to be true. Yeah. That's it. You don't need to lie. So should your solution be super performant? It depends. Understand what the business is looking for. If that's what they're looking for, yes, it should. Otherwise, it should not. Go simple. If you don't know what they want, choose the simpler solution. Always. That's the safe bet. Yes. Next question. Should I write tests in the coding challenge stage of an iOS interview? Again, it depends. It is imperative to understand what the interviewer is asking for. For example, if they say, we don't want tests in the requirements, right? That's it. What? Yeah. Now, someone might say, yes, but I'm writing always my code with TDD. Congratulations. You don't have to spend any, any, any more time. Filter. <laughs> yes. Like this is, <laughs> this is the greatest filter of all. Like they tell you, this is how we work. That's their own prerogative. Like there's absolutely no problem with that. Why do you need to push um, the, the, the interview further if you know, like you don't like working like that? There'll so be conflict. Ex <laughs> every day. <laughs> Can you imagine so that? If you want to write tests, and they don't want you to write tests in the code challenge, that's your filter. That's how they work on the day-to-day. -day. They don't want to write tests. Now, you don't want to work there, probably. And the other thing is true as well. If they ask you to write tests, but you don't like to write tests, you don't want to write tests, you are against it, you should also not work there. Yes. That's it. It goes both ways. Yes, exactly. <laughs> now. If they say, don't write tests, and you're fine with that, don't write the tests. If they say, write tests, and you're fine with that, you write the tests. What if they don't say anything? Then you go with what you're comfortable with. I recommend you to write tests. Because for me, the best opportunities out there, they would demand testing. Even if they don't ask, it's a test. That's part of the test. Let's see how this person operates without me telling them what to do. Yes, exactly. And you can even go one step further with the caring and the attitude we were talking before about create a CI pipeline for your tests. Yes. So most probably, if a team asks you to write tests in an interview project, they're going to have some sort of a CI working there. That means that you're going to find the CI in your everyday operation. Demonstrate the knowledge that you know what the CI is, A, how it works, and that you take some time to put it in the test project, even if they didn't ask for that, because this is complementary. And there are a lot of free solutions out there. Let's say if you're submitting your code on GitHub, you have free solutions that you press two, three buttons. In less than five minutes, you have a CI pipeline. And you add a nice green badge. CI passing to your readme file, 
you submit your project and you show, you go the extra mile and you show that you care. Exactly. Or the 100% code coverage, be proud of. <laughs> so that's it. Should you write tests for iOS interview coding challenges? I think you should. And if you're looking for a remarkable career to work with remarkable people, you're going to be working with people that care. They're going to have some kind of continuous pipeline there, continuous integration pipeline there. So you go the extra mile and you write the tests and you create a continuous integration pipeline. It doesn't take that long. And that's it. That's it. That's it. Always do your best and find a team that share the same values as you do. If you don't like writing tests, you don't want to write tests, find a team that doesn't care about writing tests. That's it. Next question. Should I create super decomposed modules and classes in coding challenges for iOS interviews? Or should my frameworks be platform independent? Right. Well, it depends, right? Again. If it's an iOS interview and you are creating iOS apps, of course, you can go the extra mile and show that you could run your frameworks and macOS and tvOS and everything. But when in doubt, always go for the simpler solution. If they didn't ask yes. for it, go for simple. And if you want to show that you have those skills, you can say it to them, or you can write it down and say, I could easily move these classes and these components into a platform agnostic module. You don't need to actually do it and overcomplicate your project, but it can show that you thought about it and that if needed, you could go the extra mile and do it. Yes. Very good advice. Exactly. So read between the lines. What do they want? <laughs> what do they mean? If you can't ask them directly, then exactly. Go with the simplest solution, but let them know you can extend your solution. You can do much more, but it's not required here. Yes. Most of the coding challenges we receive that people didn't pass the interview, the biggest problem is that they focus so much on going the extra mile that they forgot to implement what was asked. Yes. So they had a simple requirement to implement. They didn't implement the requirement fully. They have some edge cases that are not covered. They have some problems in the implementation, but they dedicated so much more time to making the code decompose or to running it in other platforms or to adding more features that were not asked. First of all, implement fully the requirements they asked. Handle all errors, all edge cases. If you have an extra time, you can go and implement a little bit more. But I would even advise you to submit exactly what they asked, simple, clean, tested, and create a new branch and say, hey, I went the extra mile and added some extra features because I had a little bit time, because I had a little bit more time, and I wanted to show you what else I could do with these requirements. That's it. And then you implement a tvOS app, and then you implement a macOS app, an iPadOS app, then you show all the decomposability skills you have, all the design skills. But first of all, implement what they asked perfectly. As much as you can, handle all errors, edge cases, before you go the extra mile. Because that's the extra mile is after you implemented what was asked. Another demonstration of caring. I did the the, the minimum and then which the minimum here is what is required actually and then i went the extra mile and i did that because i care now imagine how the interviewer is going to feel when they see these things right when they see okay like this person here did everything and now they're doing this extra thing which we didn't even think before might be extremely beneficial to our operation, they might think. So, yes, exactly. Again, attitude, follow the requirements, and like very, very good attitude. That's it. That's it. When you create a project, make sure 
It implements all the use cases required. It has no warnings, no build errors. All the tests are passing. And then you go the extra mile if you want to, but probably separate. Just send what they ask. Otherwise, it can backfire. All right, next question. Should I use third-party frameworks during the code challenge stage of an iOS interview? Or should I use third-party dependencies like CocoaPods, Cartridge? Right, right. So I, I think you said it before, like unless it's specified, don't, don't do that. Just go without the third-party dependencies. And I think there's, there are a couple very good reasons for that. A, you're going to demonstrate that you know how to do stuff with like the foundational tools. You don't need any help, any helpers, helper libraries to, I don't know, like make a request, a get request, a post request, something like that over the HTTP network, right? Yes. How many times we've seen that actual developers, professionals, not knowing how to use URL session. And the first thing they do when they open a project is download Alamo Fire, for example. So that's, that's number one. Number two is you don't inflate key metrics such as build times and test times, and you don't mm. add more complexity to your project in an extremely time-sensitive situation. And what I mean by that is, again, put yourself in the place of the interviewer and you are opening a project, a candidate's project, and you hit Command-R. First of all, with all the CocoaPods and all the third-party dependencies and the complexity, Command-R might not do the job, first of all. like There might be uh, some setup required from the point of view of the interviewer. Terrible experience. You yes. don't want. You don't want that. So you want. Basically, you want things to work extremely fast, right? And you don't have to. You don't want to explain more stuff to the interviewer. What if the interviewer doesn't know what Alamo Fire is or X Y Z dependency? What it is? What it does? If it's something the community accepts? If it's fully tested or not? Right. So you want the bare minimum with the maximum results. And this, again, is something we've been talking about all the time in this podcast. It, it has to do about risk management. You want very little risk with the upside of infinite rewards. Yes, exactly. Imagine you are an interviewer and you get a project to review and you have to install CocoaPods. But now to install CocoaPods, you need to install Brew. Right. And then to install Brio, we need to install dependency X. And then you need to run pod install, and then you realize that you have the wrong version of pod install. You have the wrong version of CocoaPods. Now you need to update CocoaPods to the right version, and then you need to Google how to do it. You're not respecting the interviewer's time. You went with what was easy to you without knowing that maybe this person don't have all those dependencies set, and it's not as simple as just running the project. That's, that's going to be a red flag for them. Yes. Right? They might not even try it. Yes. If they open a project, you cannot build instantly, they're going to discard it. Yeah. And that's it. But with that said, some companies will say, don't reinvent the wheel. Yes. We want you to use as many libraries as needed in this coding challenge. Now, if that's how you like to work, that's it. You found a company that shares the same values, you go there and you do it. But if they say, don't use third-party dependencies, you don't use them. If they don't say anything, go with what you feel comfortable. But I have to say that most companies expect no dependencies. If you like to work with dependencies, find the companies that like that as well. Otherwise, stick to what you like. That's it. So I don't recommend third-party dependencies in coding challenges. But some companies are going to require. And if you like it, go with it. Next question. The iOS coding challenge requirements of the interview ask me to use storyboards. I never use storyboards. <laughs> I'm against them. What should I do? Well, if they want storyboards, 
And you want to work there. You use storyboards. And most coding challenges are so simple that storyboards will have no big effect yes. in the solution. Yes. It's not like you're creating a super complex code base that would benefit from doing everything in code. That's not it. But if you are morally against it, like, no, I'm against storyboards. I would never, ever, ever, ever use them. But the company is asking it in the coding challenge. What do you expect is going to happen when you work there? They're going to expect you to use storyboards. Yes. The team is going to be using storyboards. And you're going to have conflicts. So if you are 100% against them, don't even send them. Don't even waste your time and their time completing the challenge. They say, thank you for your time, but I'm not taking this challenge any further. Yep. Have a nice day and move on. Nothing wrong. Yes. Next question. Should I write documentation in the coding challenge stage of an interview? Hmm. I don't know if it means documentation like in code or externally. Let's say documentation in general. Should I document my code? Should I write documentation? Should I go the extra mile to explain what I did? Well, communication is key. If you think documentation is going to improve the communication, sure. Why not? Exactly. But that also doesn't mean... So let's clear any assumptions here that any viewers might have. That means your code should be extremely clear. It should have good names. It should be separated in small self-contained components that do one thing, or rather they have one responsibility. So if I'm an interviewer and I open the project and I see a class, I know immediately, like three seconds, I know. I don't have to look for in another file and another file and another file to understand what's going on. No, if that happens, right. then you probably in documentation. Like that's, that's, that's not good, mm -hmm. right? So I instantly understand the relationships between components, the relationships between modules, and I can see that the communication between them is through abstractions, very important as well. And then I check the tests, right? So if I have a question about the class, I'm going, I'm going instantly to the test suite and I'm seeing, okay, what is this thing supposed to do now, right? And I see the test names and the test implementations, which I understand that, okay, I, yeah, this is the behavior. This is the expected behavior. And I can continue with the rest of the project, right? So the test is a executable documentation. Yeah, in a way. Yeah, exactly. It definitely serves this purpose as well. Because it's going to tell the truth. If the test is passing, you can see the setup. That's what the code does. But the documentation, if you type something and says what this class does, yeah. well, that's your assumption what it should do. Maybe it doesn't do that. Yes. So documentations often lie. Code documentation. So what you're saying is that your code should be clear enough that you don't require actually to explain it in words. The code should be self-documenting itself. Right. Yes, exactly. And I know it, it might sound like a cliche, self-documenting, but in a way, that's it. Especially like if you have a test and if you have, if you're following the solar principles, for example, it should be easy, right? And this process, by the way, this is a code review. What we're, what we're describing right now from the point of view of the interviewer. So you want a quick code review that yields a lot of information for the reviewer. That's, that should be the goal here. Right. right. Should you write documentation? Well, you should strive to create code that is clear enough that is self-documenting. Now, if there's an area of the code that you cannot clear enough that you think it's going to be confusing, then you need to write down your thoughts. But ideally, you should strive to create simpler and simpler solutions. So if you feel like you need to write a lot of documentation, that's a symptom that your code is not clean enough. Next question. Should I draw architecture diagrams in the coding challenge stage of an interview? Right. Your code should reflect exactly what's going on. and But yeah, I, I, I'm not against having uh, an architecture overview, not in 
a very detailed uh, level, right. right? Like we are like a UML where it documents all properties of all classes, all relationships. No, Rela we don't yeah. need that. No, no, right? No, so this is my networking module. This is my persistence module. This is my composition route. And they talk to each other through a couple of components. That's it. Like Okay, super high level. Yeah, yeah. Just like a quick overview so you understand it. Yes. And in the project, you should have a good folder structure that makes it easy to understand how the project is structured. That's it. That's it. But yeah, you can go the extra mile and create a, an architecture diagram. I would appreciate it. Yeah. I would look at it and say, oh, okay. Quick, high-level look, I can understand. And then I'm going to look at the project and see if that's true, because the diagram is just a diagram. <laughs> the code is going to tell the truth. The project is going to say the truth. Sometimes developers think they know how to write diagrams, but they're not aligned with the components. So that's another skill to test, to review in this process, because perhaps in your everyday operations in the team, you're going to have to write diagrams, right? So that's part of your everyday duties now, or yes. it will be, right? But I think I like what you're saying. It denotes caring. So exactly. Like the same thing. Always think what the interview, like if I was the interviewer, what's the maximum value I can get by opening an email and seeing <laughs> their, the deliverables and the text of the email? That's it. And now like, you need to reverse engineer that experience to your decisions. You can even go the extra mile and create a video. You can record yourself talking about the project. You can even show the diagram and explain your thoughts. Why not? Yes, exactly. Fantastic idea. Yes. That's it. Always do your best. As you said, think, how can I deliver the most value and communicate my intent here? Next question. The requirements of my last iOS coding challenge were too simple. <laughs> Should I create a complex solution to demonstrate my skills? Okay, the challenge was super simple, and this person thinks that he cannot show how good they are by implementing such a, such a simple solution. Right. Well, that's what the company is looking for. They are asking you to solve a simple challenge. Solve the simple challenge. And now you should probably ask yourself, if you apply to a position that is below your skill level? Yes. Have you applied to a mid-level iOS position when you are a senior or you want a lead position or you want a principal engineer or a team lead position? Or maybe it's just that they have a low barrier in the code, but they care more about your soft skills in the next stage of the interviews. All these things are valid, yes. At the same time, I think it's a kind of a fallacy to think that complexity correlates with lines of code. That's, I, I don't find that true. And I think you can have just a simple class, you know, with 15 lines of code and the principles and the, you know, the, 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 the things that can apply in this thing is like unbelievable. But you can't think like that, for example. So I'd like to offer an example here. My favorite question of all in an interview is to give the candidate a small piece of code, right? And I want to ask them, please explain, what do you see here? What do you see right? What do you see wrong? Right. Even write it down, you know, so I can see the communication in written form, you know, like in, in 500 words, in a thousand words, what do you understand by this piece of code here, right? Now, imagine like there's a whole world unfolding. You're not focused just in the delivery mechanism showing something on the screen and trying to understand the and see the code as a living organism here. And it has communication with other modules and other components, et cetera, et cetera. How are these things done? Are they mm -hmm. following right principles or not? Yeah. Like, I, I think this would qualify as something that might be very simple, but at the same time, it checks all the levels of expertise of a programmer. 
yeah, you'll be surprised how many people cannot solve simple problems without overcomplicating it. So that's the challenge as well. If the company is asking you to solve a simple problem, solve a simple problem simply. Yeah. That's it. Now, if you feel that maybe you just apply to a position that is below your skill set, maybe you should look for another position. But don't disregard a simple test project because maybe there is a gotcha in there. You know, there's an Easter egg in the <laughs> test yes. description that maybe it's not as simple as you think. Yes, exactly. So if you want to work in that company, if you want that position, implement what they want. Something simple, implement it simple. Next question. Is it okay if I copy and paste code that I didn't write into my interview test project? I didn't write it, but I know it works. <laughs> so probably copying it from Stack Overflow or from a blog post or something like that. Yeah. Is it okay to get someone else's code to pass an interview? GitHub issues, perhaps. Yes. Well, Stack Overflow is part of developers' day-to-day, -day, right? You're always going to look up some stuff. The problem is, if you go and copy a solution, it's going to be very clear you didn't write it. Uh, and it, even instantly. Google it, and you can find out yeah. that this code was copied and pasted. Yeah. As an interviewer, so, you, you can see that instantly. If, there's like, if there are a couple style of yes. coding in a project, like your, it's like your eye is trained to mm -hmm. <laughs> just... Go there and ask the yourself. The spacing, the line yeah. breaks, yeah. the name the, of the, the variables. Names. Yes, exactly. Everything the names. changes. It's a, it's Let's a say everywhere in the coding challenge, you use the for each block. But in one specific part of the coding challenge, it's a for loop. Yes. And you're like, hmm, I wonder if this was copied from the internet. <laughs> and you just copied a piece of code, you paste on Google, and there you go. That's not going to be good for you if they realize no. that you're just copying and paste code. Or let's say that you pass the interview, you copy the whole project, you get a, a ready solution, you submit it, and you pass the coding challenge. First day at work, they send you a ticket. They send you not a challenge now, but a real-world solution you need to implement. And you cannot find a ready solution for that. What are you going to do? I mean, for how long can you do that? Um, That's the problem. I'm not sure. So I don't recommend. No, don't copy and paste. Stay true to your skills, to your level, and you get there. You know, keep practicing, and you get there. Yeah, and ultimately, the problem with, with copying and pasting code is that you don't understand how uh, the requirement works or what the problem is, actually. Right? So that's the other thing. Like, if you want to reach that level that we talk about, the next level, you need to understand how systems work. And it's hard. Let's say if the person reviewing your code asks you a question about that piece of code and asks you, why did you do it like this? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's not going to be good. You don't want to be in that position. You don't want to put yourself in a position where you have to lie. Yes. Right? You don't want that. Or if you do it and say, I copy and paste this part because I didn't know how to do it, but I found this solution. That's perfectly fine. That's good. Hey, attitude. I didn't know how to solve this. I Googled it. I found this solution. This is the link where I found it. It works. I don't fully understand how it works, but I really tested it from multiple angles and it works. Now, that's a much better attitude. You don't need to lie. Copy and paste, you say it. I copied this part. And that's why, because I don't know how to do it. But I'm studying it, and I'll learn. That's it, yes, exactly. That's it. There, there is no problem, again, there is no problem. Like, we all, we, we, we find ourselves every single day in that position where we don't know how stuff works. And, like, we just need to research, and we need to test, and we need to spend some time, right? That's, that's how it works, like, the whole thing of learning and evolving. So that's not the problem, right? The problem mm -hmm. is using something 
as a solution and then not going back and filling the gap or uh, having the mindset of like, no, I don't care. All I care is about just showing that this thing works. Okay, here's the UI. It works. Yes. And then you have like a bunch of memory leaks and, you know, who knows what else. And if you, you copy code, you need to give credit. You need to understand if there's any license attached to the code. You know, you need to respect other people's code. That's their work. Yes. So if you attribute ownership of that piece of code and you respect the license, yeah, that's no problem at all. But I've been to interviews where I was in a room with no internet. <laughs> right. They gave me a challenge and I have to solve it and I had no internet to Google anything. Yeah. So some companies are going to put you in that position. Yeah. And then you cannot copy and paste code. You need to really solve it. Next question. What can I do to improve my chances of passing the iOS coding challenge stage of an interview? Yes. So how can I improve my chances of passing the code challenge? Because I know I have soft skills. If I can just pass the coding challenge, I'm going to get the job. <laughs> just one word. Practice. Experience. Practice. The more projects you complete, the more interviews you go to, the more experience you will become, yeah. the, the more information you will gather. And that's, that's what you want because you'll know what to do. Yeah, you can even find a mentor that can help you. You know, that's it. Like practice, practice, learn, learn from others and yeah. help others as well. As soon as you get the job, you keep helping others because when you need to find a new job, your skills are sharp. Yes, exactly. But this comes only with practice. I see developers studying, for example, books, videos, courses, but they don't put yeah. the hours in. They don't put the practice in. So what happens now is like they watch all these videos, our videos, by the way, included, and they, they just, like, let's say one day later, two days later, they can't do what they watched before. Mm -hmm. They cannot perform. Of course not, because it's like, <laughs> it's, it's hard to just consume, yes. but you don't practice. Yes. You're not yes. building skills. For just watching yes. passively, you're not actually learning. No. You're getting like 5% benefit from that. Exactly. So you need to put the hours to, to practice what you saw. Uh, it doesn't matter if it's like whatever videos, whatever courses, yeah. you need to you need to put the hours. There's no other way around that. Like, especially like if you want to perform in these high-level interviews we're talking about here, like there's no other way. Like pressure yes. is, is gonna crush you. You know, like you're not gonna be like these things are like reflexes. What uh, how they work in in real life in interviews. You know. Yes. So don't rely on memory. Exactly. Practice, experience. The more projects you implement, the better you're going to get at it. Next question. What should I do if I don't know how to implement some of the requirements of an iOS coding challenge? Yeah. Again, be honest about it. You cannot do it, you cannot do it. You can be honest and just say, hey, I, I don't know how to solve this challenge, but I solved everything else. And... I googled around and I found the solution. It works. It was not me. Here's the link to the solution. I'm really studying how they implemented it. I really want this job position. And I'm sure every challenge you give me, I'm going to find the solution. And I'm going to find why the solution works. And I'm going to teach everyone in the team. That's a position you can have. Absolutely. And it's not a bad thing. Again, it happens all the time. It's how you handle this situation that matters yes. most. It's the attitude that you're going to have. Are you going to accept responsibility for not knowing? Mm -hmm. Or are you just going to, I don't know, like discard the, the situation by, by being like outdated or it's just a plain dumb requirement or whatever, right? No, like you don't know something. The other person depends on you knowing then just learn and provide the solution. This is like this is how businesses work. 
that yes. this is exactly what is gonna <laughs> go down every single day at work and what like what do you think is gonna be like knowing all the time everything everything <laughs> <laughs> no so if you don't know how to implement something in a coding challenge try to learn it that's an amazing opportunity yes. of learning something new so you go you try to find a solution you read a book you learned it Fantastic, you implement it, you solve the challenge, and you pass. But let's say you are in person in the company and they ask you to solve a problem, you cannot do it. It's super hard, and they gave you an hour in a pairing session. It happened to me. I sit with this person, they give me this super hard challenge, and we're gonna pair for 30 minutes. And I couldn't solve it, but we got like halfway done in 30 minutes. Yes. Afterwards, I ask and they say, Oh yeah, no one ever finished the project. It's not yes. supposed, you're not supposed to finish it. We just want to see how you operate with something you don't know, how you communicate with us during the pairing session. That was the challenge. You're not supposed to pass the challenge. Passing the challenge was not solving the problem, it was communicating and being true and say, hey, I don't know how to do this. Well, let's discuss it. Let's solve it together. Yes. So th this is the, 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 the tale of two cities, what you're describing now. One candidate might read between the lines and might understand from the beginning, hey, th there is absolutely no way I'm going to finish this in 30 minutes. <laughs> what they just did is set the right expectations. I'm not going to finish it. I know that. I'm going to give my best for 30 minutes, but I know that this is not going to be done. I just don't mm -hmm. possess the, the, the skills to do so. And that is absolutely fine, the first candidate thinks, right? Now, the second candidate doesn't think like that. And they think they have 30 minutes and there's just a clock running. Uh, it's going to be shoal crossing. It's going to be the pressure is, is going to be, is going to increase mm -hmm. the probability of making mistakes, like massively. Yeah. And, and in a pairing session, they're going to shut down and not yes. communicate because... I need to focus 100%. Yes. Exactly. So you're pairing with the person, with the interviewer, and you're saying, don't talk to me. Let me focus. Yes. That's going to be terrible. <laughs> yes. So, uh, yeah, you need to be uh, true to you, to yourself, to the interviewer, understand what is going on, understand what is feasible, what is not. Mm -hmm. Perhaps even say beforehand to the interviewer, yeah. Yeah. like, I'm not going to be able to finish that in yeah. 30 minutes. I don't think it's possible to finish yes. this in 30 minutes. You already show that you understand the problem enough. You respect yes. the problem. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Right. But let's do our best. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Normally, those kind of hard challenges, sometimes yeah, you're not supposed to finish it. In a pairing session, you're actually supposed to show your communication skills your empathy with the, yes. the other person, how you solve this problem, how you communicate it, and that's it. So if you don't know how to implement some of the requirements, you learn how to implement the requirements. If you can't learn how to implement the requirements, you just be true about it and say, I don't know how to do this. Yeah. But let's try it together. But in a pairing session, you can even say, but let's try it together. Yeah. Keep the communication flowing. Let them tell you what you have to do. If you ask the right questions, they're going to guide you. That's it. Next question. I feel comfortable doing a coding challenge on my own, but not pairing with the interviewer. How can I improve the situation? Yeah. So I can solve problems on my own, but I, f I freeze when I'm pairing with someone. Yeah. Like my mind just go blank. I get nervous. Someone is watching me. That's common. That's completely common. How can we improve the situation? I mean, first of all, there's an elephant in the room, right? Let's say you're going to this interview and you know this is going to happen, and you are nervous, and it's going to happen. The interviewer is there, you're sitting, and there's a huge elephant in the room. Just mention it. Yes. 
hey, there's an elephant there. Right? You say, hey, I'm very nervous. I'm not very comfortable pairing with others. I don't have a lot of experience pairing. I always solve challenges on my own. And I know I can solve this problem on my own, but I might feel very nervous pairing with you. Yes. Especially if you see someone that is better than you, kind of judging you in real time. Like, this is a skill. This is not normal. This is super hard. I mean, we got used to putting our code out there because we are here on YouTube, coding <laughs> live and doing things like that, right? Yeah. So in the beginning, it was not easy for us being judged, right? It's not easy nope. for anyone. So there's an elephant in the room. You mention it. So it's not as scary. If the other person said, oh, yeah, I see the elephant. Weird, right? <laughs> Just by communicating to this person that, hey, I'm not very comfortable pairing. I'm feeling intimidated here. This person might say, oh, I've been in your position. You know, this person might show empathy. Yes. Oh, I understand. Oh, don't mind. Oh, don't be nervous. Like, I'm going to help you. We're here yes. to help each other. I'm not here to judge you and to pick you and like to stress you out. I'm here to help you. So let's communicate. Let's go slow. Let's get some water. You know. Yes, exactly. But like ignoring the problem is not going to help you. No, no. And uh, again, I see two main points we need to address here. One, communication, good communication. Allow the other person to understand what is the situation. By doing so, you are setting the right expectations for everyone, mm -hmm. right? So an interviewer that has this information, perhaps they figure it out on their own because they're experienced and they're good at their job and they know what they're doing. But if they don't do that, if they can't pick it up on their own, like just tell them because it's going to make everything so much easier for everyone. <laughs> Otherwise, it's against your own interest. You're making a conflict of interest with yourself. You don't want that. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, good communication is key. The other thing I believe you can do is, again, practice. Practice more, practice more. Sure. There is this social aspect of the situation. Perhaps you can practice that as well. I don't yes. know. Like if it's a you can hire a coach, you know, online coach yes. doing yes. one on one sessions with you. That yes. can happen. Exactly. What I learned the hard way in my life is that everything I was afraid of, the only way was not, not to be afraid of it, but to get braver and face it. Yeah. You know, face my fears and go there. And if I have a problem with social interactions, I need to expose myself more to social interactions. Yeah. You know, it's not easy. I understand it. Like, it's super hard. Yeah. But ignoring the problem is not going to help you. So if you want to get better pairing and not being as nervous in an interview, first of all, be honest about it. Acknowledge it. Let the other person know you're going through this. And this person is going to be much more open or should be much more open to helping you. Now, if this person is a bully, you don't want to work there. Yeah. That's your filter. Get out of there. Say, uh, I'm sorry. I'm not feeling very comfortable. Can we end this interview right now? I would like to leave. Yes. Thank you for your time. I'm very sorry, but that's it. You know, if it's a bully, get out of there. Yep. You don't want to work with bullies. Yep. But 99% of the time, the interviewer is a nice person. And they're going to empathize with you because everyone's been there at some point. No one likes being judged and watched when they're doing their work. So this person is going to be open and going to help you. Yeah. So acknowledge it, communicate it, and practice. Get a coach and practice, practice, practice. That's it. It's all of the skill set you know it's not it's not, not just the coding part it's the reading between the lines part it's the psychology the empathy the attitude the business parts understanding what the business does understanding how you can provide more value to their operations this is what a remarkable career and a remarkable skill set for an ios developer consists of
You know, it's mm-hmm. not opening Xcode, writing code, closing Xcode, the next day the same. No, it's a, it's a continuous journey that you, you just need to improve every single day. A bit, you know, like, but it yeah. compounds, it compounds. And that's the, that's the dream there. Always do your best and aim for 1% improvement a day. Tiny increment improvements that compounds, as you said. And that's it. Just keep doing your best. Keep doing your best. Keep showing up. Yes. And you're going to achieve a remarkable career very soon. So communication, understand the goals, find people like-minded that share the same values. And that's going to maximize your opportunities. It's going to speed up your career journey. Yes, for sure. That's it. If you want to practice some of those techniques, we have a lot of videos on YouTube for free, coding sessions, TDD sessions, design sessions. It's all there. Watch it, then you practice it. Then you create your own projects and you practice, practice, and practice. And if you're confused, you can ask questions in the comment section. Now, if you want to go the extra mile and learn more advanced techniques, and achieve a remarkable career, go to academy.essentialdeveloper.com and join us. We're going to learn everything you need to know to become a remarkable iOS developer. And that's it for today. Awesome. Let us know your thoughts, your comments, and your feedback. As always, until next time, bye, y'all. See ya.